What would happen if we give everyone an invitation to the table, believing everybody has something to bring and every generation some wisdom to share? What would happen if the passionate people of God became known for building bridges, making connections where there were once divides? What would happen if the love of God sparks a movement, transforming our own lives, our relationships, our communities? Let's find out together. Welcome to Bridged, a podcast about connection. Welcome to the Bridge Podcast. I'm Stacey Martin, and I am glad you're here. Again, here we are, quarantine edition of the podcast. I'm sitting on the floor against a, a faux leather couch that's got a tear in it, so pardon that over there. And I'm joined with my, by my friend, Lindsay Knuckles, who's at her house. Yes, it's my house. You guys know Lindsay, and you love Lindsay. She has been a guest on the podcast before. She has hosted, she has her own podcast called The Pause, which is amazing. Huh. You're looking for ways to connect mindfulness and spirituality and, and scripture. It's really, really special. And I'm glad yeah. to see your face. Yeah, it's good to see you too. It's been a while. It has been a while. Well, especially it's been a while in person. Yeah. Um, this is again, I don't even know what week it is of this coronavirus disruption. Um, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's become the land of elastic waistbanded pants, <laughs> packaged snacks, and my kids are like three days away from being Lord of the Flies, like total feral. Oh. Yep. I, I'm wearing the same yoga pants I think I've worn every day for the last four weeks. So that's, that's the state I'm in. <laughs> Girl, I understand. I understand. Well, I'm excited you're here today because I, this message from Jason last weekend was so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like. I felt like so much of it, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, and I think you and I have had this conversation, that there is so much power in people's stories, and yeah. we're looking at chapter five in Mark, and it is, it is like the power of a story wrapped up in this really incredible and really incredible chapter. What is something, speaking of stories, what is something in your life that has happened that turned out differently than you would have scripted it? Um, when I think of that, I'm like, what actually, like, I think that's everything in my life. I'm like, nothing turned out the way I would have scripted. And I, I don't mean that in like a sad, like, I love the way my life is, but I just think like living by the power of, of, um, something bigger and higher. Um, some just examples. Um, I think I have, I've had some friendships end in some really hard ways, um, that I didn't, I wouldn't have planned that. Um, but you know, kind of reframing some of that, those experiences, I think I'm better for it. Um, but I think one of the more tangible examples, maybe a positive, something that turned out differently, um, was college. I had like, a, I was planning to go to one college was like, I'm doing this, I'm going here, had money, like, um, had my deposit down. And then God called me somewhere different and I went somewhere different, small Christian school, in New England, very different. Um, and it was a different plan for my life. And I'm so, so glad I listened because I met Mari, who's the friend that I do the podcast with. Like, it just like, I can see how my life, um, just that path that I took there. So yeah, that's kind of one of the examples a positive where I'm like, Oh, this didn't turn out the way I planned at all. I wanted to go to a huge school, um, with thousands of people. And I went to a really small liberal arts college, Christian college in, um, New England. So very different. Yeah. When I look back, sometimes I, I will sit and look at my life, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. sitting on the couch and I've got my husband and these two wild kids. I'm the oldest of three girls. So I never uh -huh. thought I was going to have sons. And then it's like, if I were to reverse engineer a choose your own adventure story, mm -hmm. it's like, I can see how I got here by different twists yeah. and turns. And I'm same thing. Like I had a different expectation for college, then it really happened. And, you know, and yeah. then that brought me to certain relationships 
that that brought me to other relationships. And it's like, God, I can see how, you know, it's almost like a river with a, you know, how water moves. And if you were to build certain dams, it would redirect the water in a way that would get you to a place. I mean, that's how I feel like my life has has gone. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So, so much about even our choose your own adventure. I feel like when we're, when we're in control of our lives, when we feel like we are in control, a lot of times we, we have this like set of expectations for our lives. Right. And, um, a lot of times I feel like when my expectations are unmet, then I really lean into prayer. So for instance, like, you know, um, dear God, this job is just, this is not my dream job. I don't love it. Dear God, please bring this dream job. My dream job is, you know, I, I, I want to be a food critic and writer. God, that's my job. Like bring it, bring it, bring it. And then when it doesn't happen, you feel disappointed. And even the famous country philosopher, Garth Brooks has a song about this. This is going to tell you a little bit about myself. He's got like this whole song about unanswered prayers. You know, that like, like we can either look at unanswered prayers as devastation, or we can look at unanswered prayers as a way that God is moving. Does God answer all of our prayers or does he leave some of them unanswered? Um, just a brief note. I don't think I can name a single Garth Brooks song. I know. I just am not like country. So I don't know the song, but it sounds like it's about unanswered prayers, <laughs> which I will do that when we're done recording. I'm, gonna I'm going to, you know what, listeners, friends of the podcast, <laughs> if you would like to build out a Spotify country playlist for our friend, Lindsay Knuckles, because yes. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Really? Okay. Partly because I, you grew up here in the South. I know. I Partly did. because we've been friends for a long time. And I just thought, I just thought that was something we shared. So send your recommendations. Please do. 80s, 90s, and early 2000s country for Lindsay. I like Dixie Chicks. But anyway, I brief aside, help me please in the country music realm. <laughs> um, I think just to the question of prayer and answered or unanswered prayers. Um, I think God answers our prayers. He's a God who's attentive um, and engaged with us and who turns his ear towards us. That's kind of his posture towards us. But I think it's often, it's just often not what we think or imagine. Um, it's not often our expectation for what um, our prayer may originally have been. Um, and I think sometimes God answers our prayers in silence. Sometimes that's been an answer. Um, sometimes it's been with a wait, a really long wait. And I've come to realize that that's an answer. Um, sometimes it's immediately, um, or sometimes it's audibly, sometimes it's through people. Um, but I found that sometimes we get an answer to our prayers to a question that we weren't even asking. Um, and so like a prayer, I could be praying for a dream job or for a relationship or something. And I found that the prayer, um, God answers it and makes me more in his image or, um, the prayer becomes like, Hey God, I want something for my good and your glory. Um, the prayers become more, uh, become bigger and, um, that's through a lot of work, but that's what I found in some of my experience. If that makes sense. It's like, yeah, well, that's even um, what Jason said a little bit was that if we look at answered prayers and what appear to be unanswered prayers, there yes. really are chapters that are advancing God's purpose in our lives. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's really hard to see. Yes. Not like a hindsight is 2020 type experience. Yep. 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 And I like to that point, just of like, what do we do? Kind of how do we hold up our prayers against God's purpose? Like, I just keep thinking about like, what is the alternative? Mm-hmm. Like then everything is random, right? And everything's up in the air and everything is just by chance. And, um, 
everything happens and, and for no reason, right? And that's just not what we believe as followers of Christ. And so I think when it comes to like our answered, unanswered prayers, I like to hold them up against God's character. I'm like, who does he say that he is? And like, who does he say that we are? And so this situation may look really dark, but he's good. I believe that he's good. Okay, so I'm going to root myself and he's good and that I'm loved. Um, and like one thing that, I don't know if this answer, but this is like a thought about prayer. Um, when I have come across situations in my life that don't make sense or they're really hard, um, I being like a perfectionist or like a type one, I will assume that it's my fault. And so I will like comb back through everything and it's torture, it's punishment to myself, but I'll go back through everything and be like every conversation, every moment. I'm like, okay, what did I do that led me to this? And I mean, it puts, it's prideful because it puts me on like the throne of my life. But I think the other alternative is that God is a mystery and God is working something much bigger than I can see. And so I've, through a lot of like trial and error, I've come to rest in that. Um, so that's been a big learning for me. I'm like, I want to, I want to land there that God's a mystery and he's doing something and I, I trust it. So I think that's so good because so much about this, this chapter in Mark, Mark five, um, was about this authorship of God's, like God, yeah. God being the author of our lives. And you're right. I mean, when you think about if I'm the author of my own life, mm-hmm. then there's very little I can actually control. So everything else that happens is random and yes. that feels very out of control. Like if you're yes. just caught in the swirl where I am the author of my own life, like some people say that, like, well, why would I, why would I want to believe in God? Cause that means I'm not in control of my, you know, like you're saying that God's in control of everything. I don't want God to be in control of everything, but mm-hmm. gosh, me being on the throne of my own life is, is a swirl. Yeah. It's terrifying. And I think there's like this, so there's this false, um, security. I think we feel cause I'm like, all right, I want control. So I'm going to handle this. Um, because it's scary to think God is in control sometimes. I don't know that, but that's like false. But sometimes I'm like, um, there's a false security that comes when you're like, all right, I'm in control. But then you realize like, oh, I don't want to be in control. This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, and that's what it means. Like if you were to say, cause I think a yep. lot of Christians say this, I am part of God's big story or my life mm-hmm. is part of God's big story or God is this great author and this great adventure. Mm-hmm. Is that how you would describe God being the author of your life? Yeah. I think of you, like, I know a lot of people use seasons like we go through seasons I love to use chapters because I feel I can see like my life through the lens of story Um, there's a narrative being written in my life and in your life and um, there's someone else that kind of dictates um, our decisions and our hurts and um, our life and not just someone else but like the God of the universe and the God who created us and who loved us and who died for us I mean what a comfort I just like uh what a comfort and a relief. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I see story. Um, because you know, the story of scripture is the narrative of God's redemption for his people. And so he's writing a narrative with our lives. So well, even Jason said, and I had never really thought about this is that, you know, if we look at our lives, we really don't have an autobiography. We have a biography. Mm-hmm. Written by God. And I thought, God, yep. that's so good. Cause you think about people who write their memoirs or write their autobiography, mm-hmm. but yep. really the, my story is not, my story. It's God's. Yes. So he's this author that is going to be able to tell you what happened and why it happened. And each, each yes. chapter along the way, as you, as opposed to seasons, I'm with you. I, yeah. it, I just feel like there's so much power in our stories. I do too. I'm a big fan of stories. 
Well, in this weekend's message in Mark 5, there are two stories that um, I think even if you are not really a church person, you've probably heard a little bit. So Mm -hmm. one story was about a man whose daughter was dying. And in desperation, he is running to try to find this guy this who says he's the son of God who has the power to heal. Um, and then there's a woman with a bleeding disorder who she's been bleeding for 12 years. And I think it's probably safe to assume that it wasn't her leg that was bleeding. Like she probably had some sort of female situation yep. where she couldn't stop a flow. Um, if there's any men, li- men listening, I know this is uncomfortable. Like I actually laughed when Jason was describing it during his message. Cause even though he's a daughter of three girls, it's, I know it's not comfortable to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Bless. 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 <laughs> But in both of these stories, you know, you've got Jairus, whose daughter is, is on her deathbed. And this woman who, you know, up until 12 years ago, had probably been living a seemingly normal life. And then everything went off the rails um, Mm -hmm. because here she was bleeding. She probably lost her husband. She Mm -hmm. lost any social connection, any job, because she was now seen as like an unclean person. Um, You know that they had to say, this is not how I expected this to go. Like this is... This is not how I expected it, but what we see in their desire to connect with Jesus, they're saying, but this is not how my story is going to end. Yeah. Is that such a powerful statement to say like, this is not how my story is going to end. Yeah. I, um, I love the confidence and boldness in that. And it reminds me, and you can, um, maybe correct the quote, but the quote that our friend Gentry and Hadley always say um, Gentry is the campus pastor at Valentine listeners, but, um, he says it's not over until it's good. Um, and I just like, I love that. Like, that's just viewing really hard, tragic events, um, through the lens of goodness. Um, and I think there's like a confidence and a boldness and an eternal lens. Um, and I think that there's a difference between believing, um, in God and believing God. And so this is like believing God and believing him at his word and this is not how my story is going to end. And there's something bigger. And, um, and I think there's an endurance there. Like I'm hanging on to Jesus through the hard, um, and an acknowledgement like this is hard, but this is not the end. So that is yeah. powerful. yeah, there's just a boldness there that I just admire. Yeah. Just this like this is, yeah. I think it's easier to, I find defeat is mm-hmm. an easy place to go. And yes. I say that cause I feel like I'm, strong-willed I'm a strong person like all these things but it is I find myself slipping back into that place of like it's never going to get better yeah I mean even in coronavirus it's like when is this ever is this ever going to get any better like is this gonna this is so hard I like just to lean into defeat as opposed to leaning into victory and it's like they're leaning straight into victory yeah and I feel a lot I just read exodus and I feel a lot like the Israelites where I do the same, I've just short-term memory loss. And I'm like, this is it. Like, we're going to always be this way. Um, or like, I mean, this is our reality now forever. And I just forget God's faithfulness. And I grumble. And like the difference between the Israelites is like, I grumble versus like lamenting or like, Hey God, like what, what's going on? You know, and I, I'm trust you, but you know, so I think, and the Israelites just kind of like grumble. Like we'd rather be in slavery again. So um, <laughs> anyway, reading a lot about them, I'm like, wow, I'm such an Israelite. I am such an Israelite. Well, it's funny this past year. So we're, you know, we're two weeks out or yeah, two weeks from Easter. So I did a Passover Seder dinner this year with my Oh, really? And I, I'd always wanted to do it, but didn't really know how. And so I started to do some research and try to figure out how to make it 
more Christian, you know, for my family. But in research, I just discovered so much about the Passover dinner and the Passover tradition and the Jewish people and just the history of it all that is, it's that sacred, sacred art of remembering. Like it is because we do, we all have short-term memory loss. Like we're, I, I can never remember all the ways God showed up. Yes. Until yes. It's some sort of ceremony. And then I'm like, oh, wow, the Passover, yeah. of course. You yes. spared the firstborn children of Israel from death because they were mm-hmm. your chosen people. But mm-hmm. it, it was so interesting to me to think about, and I'm glad you brought that up about the Exodus, of thinking about mm-hmm. how the Israelites, here they had been part of a centuries-long story that God was writing from the very beginning of time and yes. still couldn't remember his authorship in it all. Mm-mm. No. Yep. 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 I think to the point of mem- remembering, just like a comment, I think remembering as a spiritual discipline. Oh, yeah. Like I, I really think it is. And I think that's why I write so much is like, cause I can't remember. And so I can go back and read. I'm like, okay, cool. This is a, this is where God was faithful. And my counselor even recently was like, write this down. Cause God answered a really specific prayer of mine and, um, just like really kind I mean, really specific and he answered it. And I was like telling my counselor and he was like, write it down because you're going to need to remember that. He's like, this is critical. So I just, I think remembering is so important and I think it's spiritual. So so good. Well, for the woman with the bleeding disorder, she was seeking Jesus out and she really Mm -hmm. felt like if she could just touch the hem of his robe, Mm -hmm. that just being in his presence might do something, Mm -hmm. uh, might do something with the disorder. And she does, she she reaches out, she touches his robe. Jesus actually feels like the healing power leave his body. So he knows something has happened. And and I'm going to kind of jump through the story a little bit because he, um, he tells her daughter, your faith has healed you. Mm. Obviously she was not, he was not her dad. She was not her, his daughter. Um, what's the significance of Jesus calling her daughter? Mm, I love this. It's so personal, right? Um, it's, she is his, she's a part of the family of God. Um, and I think there's significance there that she's not just physically healed, but she's spiritually healed. And so she receives salvation through Jesus. And so the same is true for us when we accept Christ that we are daughters, sons and daughters, we're part of the family of God that becomes our identity. And so she's identified by Jesus as a daughter, which I think is so, that's a really incredible detail that I think sometimes can be like, um, glanced over, but, um, I love it. I yeah, I really love cool. that he didn't just say, hey, lady, mm-hmm. woman, yeah, you, woman, like daughter feels so, it's such an intentional choosing of a title that, you know, in other places in the scripture, you see where we actually inherit, like we are, we inherit um, the kingdom of God. We are, we are co-heirs with Christ. And yes. so this idea of like being a daughter is so intertwined. It's not just a title. It's not just a, like, gosh, it's just so powerful. Yeah. It's our identity, right? It's like we're named and we're claimed and we're claimed as, as new creations. Right. So yes, there's a lot of power in it. Well, right before he makes this declarative statement of daughter, Mm -hmm. your faith has healed you. He basically is like, he stops and it's like, okay, who touched me? Okay. Mm -hmm. You touched me. Why, 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 what happened? Tell me, tell me your story. And basically makes her publicly share her story right then and there. Why, why do you think he has her do that? I love this. I, I think, and we touched on a little bit, the power of story, but I think story is one of our greatest tools. 
it is like one of our greatest assets um, to tell people the good news. And I think it's um, there's evidence of redemption in our stories um, to tell people about grace and about goodness. Um, it's our story. And so I always tell people like, you know, they're like, how do I tell people about Jesus or the good news? I'm like, start with what he's done in your life. I just, I think there's, there's power in our story. Um, and I think too, this is just something I personally believe. And I think it's um, biblical too. There's power of sitting in your pain. Um, and I think there's a lot of power with turning and acknowledging the grief and um, lamenting. Um, we've talked about lamenting, I think, but uh, it brings beauty to something that we thought was a waste. Um, so I think there's just a lot of power um, in that. That's good. How do, how do we, how do you begin to even understand your story? So this was not a prep question I sent you, but as I'm thinking about it, because I'll never forget the very first time I went to counseling, I was like, where do I even start? I was born on March. Like, how far back do I go? How do, how do you even start beginning to think about your own personal story in the ways God has shown up? Yeah, um, I would say like, um, start by asking him, right? Like start by like entering into, like asking that question, like that's a prayer, right? It's like, all right, what's my story? Um, I would say, good. ask yeah. God, what's my story? Because if he's the author of it, he already knows. Yes. And I just like, I'm a proponent that those kind of things and questions is, are prayers. And so we don't have to like think that and then be like, okay, God, and then say something different. Like that honesty is, is prayer. And so starting with like, God, show me, show me my story. Um, and I've learned even just through this coronavirus pandemic, there's an art in, in my time of like deconstruction and reframing and hills and valleys. And, and I, I don't know, I've been able to see the story. Like even yesterday, I was just like, there's a story in the past couple of weeks of what God is doing in my life. Um, and it came through conversations with people. So that's another thing I would say is like, ask people, cause sometimes it's hard to see when you're in it, but maybe having someone else be like, Hey, where have you seen God move? Um, what would you say is part of my story? Um, and I think like if we're speaking testimony too, I think it's helpful to think of your story in three pieces. Um, is one is like who you were before Christ. Um, who are you? What are, what were, um, some events or just personality choices? Like, who are you? Um, what was, what happened when you met Christ? Um, it doesn't always have to be like a moment. Um, sometimes that happens over time, but what happened when you met or accepted Christ as your savior, gave your life to him. And then how did that change you? Who were you afterwards? And so that's kind of like testimony wise. If you want to share your story with somebody, that's an easy way to do that. That's good. So, yeah. Well, we see it now. So this, this is where Mike, Mark five takes a little bit of a turn because we see in the story of the man whose daughter was dying that she did and she died. She was a little girl who died. She was 12 years old. And so Jesus like goes into the house and, and people are wailing. I mean, they're just distraught. And he says, well, why are you guys crying? She's just asleep. And they're like, okay, you have lost your mind. We, like we, we understand that she's not asleep. And he says to her, little girl, get up. Mm. And she wakes up. And yeah. then he says, go get her something to eat, which would be the first thing in my house. Like if one of my children comes back to life, they're going to need like, they're going to need a cliff bar kids or a yep. pretzel. It's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what he says to her in the end is so interesting because it actually feels like Jesus is contradicting himself, but mm -hmm. he's not. So he actually tells her, he's like, listen, and tells the mom and dad too, don't tell anybody about this. Like you were dead, you are back to life, but like, don't tell anybody about this. Mm -hmm. Why, why do you think he says that to her? 
Mm -hmm. um, I think, well, based on some of the, the context of Jesus, um, I think it could have been the timing of like, hey, we don't want to, I, I've got a plan. I've got a bigger plan for who I am and my healings and miracles. And um, I'm not ready yet to tell everybody about what I'm doing. Um, so I think that's one of the, I think another reason too is like, um, God is like really, um, I don't know if this answer is it, but he's like very involved in like the details of our lives. And he's very like intricate, like uh, that word is hard to pronounce, very involved <laughs> with our lives and very active. Um, and so I think he's just like, he's weaving something. Um, so I don't know if that helps, but that's always how I see those kind of moments when I'm like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. What are you doing? And then well, you see it played out later. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, even Jason, how he was saying like, like God cares about us so much that he wouldn't want her to become like the zombie girl. Like, oh, you're the girl that was like her identity now becomes the girl that was dead as opposed to the girl that has, whose family has such a faith in Christ. Like mm -hmm. her identity now becomes something other than what it could have been. Yeah. And then yeah. God was like, I, you know, Jesus was saying, mm -hmm. I care about the small details in your life so intimately. Yep that I'm not willing to take glory for this just so that you lose your identity yeah. or something else. And it like, that reminds me too of like Mary Magdalene's story. She was like, she had seven demons. Um, you know, she was freed from that and look who she became somebody that was like the first to see Jesus in the tomb. And she was a very powerful um, figure in um, the, the story of the church and the kingdom and things like that. So yeah, you're, that, but that wasn't her identity. She yeah, was, you never lead with like, oh, remember Mary Magdalene, the one with the demons? Like it's yeah. always remember Mary Magdalene, the one who was treasured by Jesus, who was the first mm -hmm. to come to the tomb. And I mean, for me, honestly, thinking about the power of our stories, mm -hmm. I, I've got my 20 year high school reunion coming up this year. Okay. And um, I did not make the best decisions in high school. Um, you know, I'll just leave that chapter. Just, just even... Okay. You can yeah. read into that however you want to read into that. But I would hate to go back to my high school reunion this mm -hmm. fall and then be like, oh, Stacy. Yeah, she was the one that, remember the time Stacy did this in Cherry Grove for spring break? Remember Stacy and her mm -hmm. friends when they did this? Like, I don't want to be labeled by who I was. I yes. would rather be known for who I am because of what Christ did for me. Mm -hmm. Like, those yeah. are not my glory days. Yes. Like, That's those were my glory days. These are my glory days. And actually yes. my glory days are still yet to come because amen. of what Christ has planned. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. Yes. What a grace. Oh. Like what a kindness. Like I just like, I can't get over the kindness of God. It's kind for him, for us. Like, I don't know, for that to be a part of our story and his character is like, you're not going to be defined by that anymore. Which is great. Cause he could, if he were a punitive mm -hmm. God, like a lot of people yes. feel like he is, he could say, you know what? those bad decisions you made in the mid to late nineties, you're going to have to keep paying for them mm -hmm. because sorry, too bad. So yeah. sad. You shouldn't have done them. Like, yep. yeah, yep. I realize that your life's different now, but you shouldn't. Yep. Have, I mean, that's what, that's what other world's religions yes. make yes. us pay for what we've done. Yep. Yep. I mean, he rescues and he renames. Uh, oh. It's just, it's so good. And it like, no one is disqualified. I feel like that's an important point is like, to Mary Magdalene, it's not, and to you, and to me, it's not like, oh, remember this checklist? Like, you may not be the one to do uh, my work, you know, or to advance the kingdom. No. <laughs> You're where, that's our story, and it's evidence of his redemption. So, yes. Well, what happens, 
So in both of these stories, we see God um, have miraculous healings. But in a lot of cases, people aren't healed. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's probably people listening right now who yeah. have just had a diagnosis or they know somebody with a diagnosis or their marriage um, got to the place where it couldn't be restored. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, you name it. What mm-hmm. do we do when the healing doesn't happen? Yeah, I feel like there's not a simple answer to this, but just a thought, and I mentioned it previously, but um, sometimes the healing doesn't happen the way that we think. And I think it's important to acknowledge that just here. Um, But I think it's important to hold up um, those moments against what you know about God. Um, And I just, and maybe that's just something personally that I have done. um, But when things don't work out, does God God still care? Um, Is God still good? Um, What's his character? His character is consistent. It never changes. Um, so what is he up to? Um, and so maybe that becomes the prayer, which is surrender, right? And it's this act of surrender, um, not negating the, um, the grief, right? It's like when you surrender, I think it's really important to grieve those things, but, um, that's what I do just of like his character is consistent. That's the only foundation I have in this moment. Every I'm going to, I'm going to spiral out, but what am I like kind of landing? What's my foundation? Um, and I think like in those moments too, I always come back to the cross, right? It's like the cross was so dark and, um, that was a time when it was uncertain, um, but Jesus was resurrected. You know, there's another part of the story. And so I uh, always think about Friday and Saturday of Holy Week. Saturday, like silent Saturday, I can't imagine. Um, but there was a the story was over. Yes, they thought the story was over. And so anytime we think like, I just like to hold the events in my life against this larger narrative. And um, there is, it was darkness and they thought that it was over, but obviously Jesus rose again, right? And, and gives us freedom and a new name and a new life. And um, so all of that, that the cross means. So that's what, as simple as that may sound, that's what I think works and helps. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I had a, a friend who passed away um, over a year mm-hmm. ago and she, she had a wide network of friends, um, believers and non-believers, but she and her, during her sickness, and then her passing has been just very bold in her faith and her mm-hmm. husband and her kids have been very bold. And I keep thinking about like, I, I wish there were some sort of like dashboard I could actually see impact because I can only imagine her, the way she struggled through cancer. She struggled and shown through cancer, mm-hmm. just through cancer. Yeah. And then in, in her passing, the people that have come to a relationship with Christ, it's like, I mean, I don't want to simplify it into like return on investment because that's right. like, that's like a horrible business term, but like, gosh, what could God have done in the absence of her healing that, you know, yeah. we all wanted her to be healed, but in the absence of her healing, what could he have done that we will not see until we get to eternity? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yes. And he doesn't leave those moments. Like he uses them, like he uses them um, and redeems them. It does not negate that that's, it's horrible. We wouldn't want to write that any, you know, we wouldn't want to write it, but because we've lived it, like, um, God uses those moments. He does. Well, would you pray for our friends today? Mm -hmm. Um, would you pray for us that we would have eyes to see the power of our stories and how God is moving in them? Mm, Yes. I'd love to. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for a new day. Um, God, thank you for breath in our lungs. Um, God, thank you for the promise that you are Emmanuel. Um, You are God with us. Um, God, you are active. You are not apathetic. God, you are engaged. 
um, help us to really cling to that. Um, God, help us to dismiss the lies that say that you are far, um, God, that you are asleep, um, that you are not aware of our story. Um, God, you are very present. Um, you are very present in pain and in suffering. Um, so God, we know you are here. Uh, God, help us to um, listen. Um, God, help us to quiet our souls, um, quiet our minds during this, um, this season that feels so weird. Um, but God, help us to find pockets of space um, to listen and to be honest with you um, and to carve out time to be with you. Um, help us to hear your spirit. Um, God, I pray for those listening who are struggling with pain. Um, God, who are going through really hard uh, moments of unemployment or of sickness. Um, God, of, of being far from family. Um, God, of uncertainty. Or people who just feel deeply for others. Um, God, those whose heart are bent towards injustice. Um, God, I pray that um, they'll remember that you're on the throne. God, that you are in control. Um, and God, we just... Um, can lay these things at the foot of the cross. Um, so help us have healthy empathy. Um, God, give us wisdom and strength where we need it. Um, and God, help us to begin to um, write our story through the lens and the framework of, of what you're doing in your hope. Um, God, give us new eyes. Give us eyes to see um, things that we wouldn't see on our own. Um, God, we love you. Um, thank you for loving us, for naming us, and for rescuing us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, friend. We yes. will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, next week, we're going to continue in our series on Mark. And uh, I just hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week.